Reverend Warren has titled his sermon today, God's Protection. The liturgist for today's service is Julie Breninga. Our special music is How Can I Keep From Singing, performed by the Chancel Choir. Our gospel reading is taken from Luke 8, 1 through 13, and the scripture reading is taken from Psalm 91. We pray that you have a safe and healthy week. God bless, and may peace be with you. The Gospel reading today is taken from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Let us listen to the word of God. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during these days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give all the glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test, When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord.
Scripture reading comes from Psalm 991. Let's listen to the word of God. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked Because you have made the Lord your refuge, most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With a long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 91 has beautiful imagery about how God will protect us with words like this. We will find refuge in God. God will protect us from harm. Disaster will not come near us. God's angels will protect us. But first, I want to talk about what God's protection isn't. God won't protect us from stupidity. God wants us to use common sense, right? Uh, God isn't going to provide protection from anything and everything, the laws of physics still exist, right? God isn't going to provide protection. Uh, For example, if we step out into a busy highway and ask God, pray to God for uh, us to getting hit, we shouldn't expect God to protect you from doing these kinds of silly things, right? Instead, you'd probably end up in the emergency room or in a funeral home. If you don't study for a test or don't finish a project at work, we shouldn't expect miracles to happen because we pray to God for help, right? That's what our teachers tell us, right? Reality is, you'll probably fail your test or bomb your project. You might even lose your job. Except maybe that one time. Remember that one time 
that you got very lucky. <laughs> I remember that time. Even jo Jesus knows not to tempt God after being in this desert for 40 days. Satan quotes this psalm, Psalm 91, and reminds Jesus that if he jumps off the cliff, God will send his angels to protect him. 91.12 says, and you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus quickly responds with, do not put the Lord God to the test. Remind Satan that God doesn't protect us from silly things, from stupidity. The, while God can perform miracles and could save Jesus from any harm, it's still not a smart idea to test the laws of gravity. God's protection doesn't save us from the bad things happening. I've heard people say these things. You might have heard these things. If you only had enough faith, God would have protected you. If you only believed more, God would have healed you. While God does provide miracles, our circumstances aren't a product of our faithfulness. Let me repeat that. Our circumstances are not a product of our faithfulness. There are, are times in Scripture when God doesn't protect because of someone's faithfulness. I'm sorry to burst some of your bubbles, but just because you've come to church today, it doesn't mean that you've bought a week of protection. You could get in a car accident the moment you get out of, get in that car. Unfortunately, bad stuff can and will still happen even if we're faithful. Even though we believe, even though we pray, bad things happen. Job had more faith than anyone else on the planet, and he still got the raw end of the deal. Bad stuff kept happening to him, even though he had an incredible amount of faith. So what is God's protection like? If we know what it isn't, what is it? The best way to explain God's protection comes from this psalm. God will cover you with his pinions, with feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield. God's protection is that of a parent. Now, if a parent protected its child from everything, how would a child ever learn to walk? At some point, a parent needs to let a child take its first steps, even at the risk of falling. A child could hardly learn to swim or ride a bike without a parent letting go. A teenager will never learn how to drive a car without a parent taking a few risks. Now, my dad had a theory about teaching me to drive. I'm sure some of you have had these. He wanted me to drive so much, by the time I got my license, I wouldn't want to drive anymore, or at least I wouldn't be as eager to drive, right? Like, that was his goal. I remember every time it rained, he would say, Jonathan, let's go drive. Every time it snowed, he'd say, hey, this looks like good driving weather. Let's go. time I was ready to get my license, I was tired of driving my dad around everywhere. 
And yet I was skilled enough to drive in Chicago traffic, Chicago snow, while I had learned to hone new driving skills when I drove to the Shoshone Forest and on the Tennessee roads with crazy, twisty roads without any shoulders, ice and snow. He prepared me. Or I'd know when not to drive, right? Now that doesn't mean that you don't protect your children. You don't put sharp objects on the floor when a child's learning to walk. That would be uh, terrible. A parent would never do that parent prepares their teen to drive because eventually that teen will be in that car alone or even worse with their friends. There is protection, yet there's an element that you will eventually have to let go, that you will have to take a risk so that the child becomes an adult. There is an element of protecting the child from danger and there's an element of allowing a child to make choices on their own. Parent's job is to prepare their child to become an adult. A parent can't protect their child from everything and really shouldn't. Parents shouldn't protect their child from failing, although many might want to, because failure is a part of life. Instead, a parent should model how to move forward after failing. If a child doesn't see their parents fight and then make up, they might have a false sense of marriage without disagreement. If a child doesn't experience the pain of loss, a loss might be crushing as they get older. And as an adult, they might not know how to grieve properly. Now, what I'm telling you isn't new to you. I'm sure many of you already know this because you have, many of you have graduated from parenthood but it's a good reminder of what to expect of God's protection for us. Now, the folks who have survived the teenage years, in my opinion, should get medals and trophies. Parents who let their young adults go into this world deserve many years of empty nesting so they can recover. <laughs> I didn't expect that reaction, but I bet a lot of folks are thinking that right now. That's right. Well, I'm not telling you anything new. What I'm trying to get across is that love and care and protection, they're not the same. God loves you so much that God wants you to mature. God cares for you so much that God's willing for you to make mistakes, to fail. God loves you so much that God won't protect you from anything and everything. Now, in light of this protection, I, I shared this at our Ash Wednesday service, but I, I think it bears repeating. In the last week, we've heard war sirens blazing, a dictator who retaliates with nuclear threats, a humanitarian crisis for the people of Ukraine and that surrounding region. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. John Eldridge, the author, reminds us, saying, you've got to release the world, you've got to release people, crisis, trauma, intrigue, all of it. There has to be some time in your day where you 
just let it go. All the tragedy of the world, the heartbreak, the latest shooting, earthquake, the soul was never meant to endure this. Soul was never meant to inhabit a world like this. It's way too much. Our soul is finite. We cannot carry the sorrows of the world. Only God can do that. Only he is infinite. Somewhere, sometime in your day, you've just got to release it. You've got to let go. Imagine we wonder at times in our lives why God lets certain things happen. We might wonder why we had this trial or that difficulty. We might wonder why God lets tragedy happen in our world. We might wonder why God didn't protect us from that, that mistake. a parent, it pains God to see us in pain. It's hard for God to see us face trials and defeat. This is a tough world. As we mature in our faith, as we work on our faith, we discover that God doesn't provide a false sense of protection. God isn't a helicopter parent. But God gives us protection in such a way that we can handle difficulties when they arise that we can lean on one another, our church family, our family, lean on God. Because we're not made to carry all these things on our shoulders. God gives us opportunity to fail so that we can learn how to move forward. God gives us opportunity to make choices so that we can mature in our faith and discipleship. God gives us the tools and support for us to succeed. But God also knows when to let go so that we can grow. Yes, there is risk of failure. Yes, there is risk of danger. But if God doesn't let go, just like a child taking its first step, how could we ever make it through this long journey of faith? As the psalmist says, may we all find refuge in God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The congregation and visitors can now enter through the east or north doors. Our in-person service starts at 10 a.m. We do, however, ask that you keep your mask on while moving about in the building. In the sanctuary, there are two sections, one for vaccinated and one for unvaccinated individuals. The ushers will guide you to the section of your choice. Those in the vaccinated section can now sing without a mask. Join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Pres Jack's community group, which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room, and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the 
First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. You can visit www.firstpresjax.org slash donate and make your contribution there. Or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute through your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T. P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. 